1: tonight on the rita cosby show later on by the way we will be talking about the cocaine investigation there's some new details as to what the secret service didn't do in the investigation that are stunning that just show that it seems like protocol kind of went out of the window and as we're talking about that remember secret service case closed After 11 days, after they looked into what they claim were, was there fingerprints on the bag of cocaine? Was there DNA on the bag? Uh, Was there surveillance video in the most surveilled building in the world? Oh, no, we couldn't find any of that. I wish that we could use those investigators from Suffolk County that were involved in the Gilgo Beach murders because there's some huge breakthroughs on that tonight. I wish we could send them to the White House. Because I bet you they'd be able to solve what was going on with the cocaine in maybe about five minutes. So that's what I think tonight. I mean, you look at the comparison. Here was this case that was a cold case. And it is something that's been gripping the country. I went to Gilgo Beach and covered the story many years ago. And earlier today, we had on Cats and Cosby, we had Nancy Grace, uh, the great, great victim's crime advocate and also great crime host on fox and she and i did so many shows together on gilgo beach i was out there i know the stretch of land where the bodies were found i talked to family members and i just prayed all the time that they would finally get some justice so today hooray that they have gotten at least some shred of justice clearly there's still a long way to go but i will say bravo to the Suffolk County investigators, especially the Suffolk County District Attorney, who now has only been there just a short bit of time. And as soon as he took the case, this new DA, he said, my priority will be to solve the Gilgo Beach murders. This is, of course, a case that has just plagued the country. There are now, they believe, 10, 11, maybe even more bodies that might be tied to the Gilgo Beach killings, and it could all be potentially one person, maybe somebody else. But at least justice is served. I was so happy when I saw the news this morning that was startling, as I'm sure it was to all of you, that now they have pieced it together, and it goes back to this guy who is a family man. I mean, this is the other thing. It's so creepy and so crazy when you hear the background of this guy. Here he is. 59 years old, Rex Hewerman. He's an architect. Uh He lives in Massapequa Park, Long Island. He's a husband. He has two kids. And he apparently has a pretty successful architectural firm. And his office is right near Fifth Avenue in New York City. And that's where they busted him last night. They went to his office and busted him. And then when you hear some of the details, basically, of who he is and his background, you kind of see quickly how they pieced it together. And I use the expression, I've covered a lot of crime cases through the years. Many of you know it through my time at Fox. I covered so many cases, also NBC, also CNN. And you sit there and you go, wait a minute, now the dots really are connected. This is like old shoe leather, great, great law enforcement work and great coordination with the FBI, with local authorities. This was really top-notch and amazing work because they had to go back and find DNA. Remember, the bodies were not found until 2010 and 2011, and some of them had been there well before that because there were skeletal remains by the time that they found them, and many of them unrecognizable. So, I mean, they may have been there in some cases for a long time, even before the bodies were located. But now what you hear about this guy, it basically... Pins a lot of things. He came and said, not guilty today in court to the six different counts six, uh, three degree, uh, second degree murders, and three counts of first degree murder tied to three killings. But as I'm hearing all the details, it looks to me like they got their guy, at least on some of these, because the description fits. One of the people said, this guy, one of the women who escaped this guy, described a person as six foot four, really big. Uh Caucasian brown hair, that's what this guy is. He is six four, he's Caucasian, a huge guy. He also lives seventeen miles away from where the bodies were found. He apparently was surfing online a lot about the case, also some pornography, child porn apparently is all over the internet with him tied to it, I guess. So there's some stuff tied to that too as well. But they also tied to it with a hair. There was a hair that was found on one of the burlap bags. And I remember when I covered this case years ago, that was the one piece of evidence that they said, Gosh, if we can pin this hair, there is a male hair. And they believed it was a male Caucasian hair. And they said, If we could pin this on this person, we probably have a clear match because it was in the burlap bag that was wrapped around one of the women who was killed. And so they said, We've got this. As it turned out, there were also other hairs. And the authorities are saying that the other hairs, there are two other hairs, they say belong to the wife of this guy. Because maybe it was something they were using at home and, you know, she might have had the product or whatever it is or transferred onto his jacket. You know, I mean, there's a million different ways. But either way, all of these things together now with new technology that's out there to test DNA, they were able to pinpoint it. It is just amazing police work and done in rapid speed. And here, just a little bit ago, is Ray Tierney. He's the Suffolk County District Attorney, Suffolk County in New York, making the big announcement that this suspected serial killer, one of the most notorious now in American history, has now been arrested.
2: I'm standing here with uh, my law enforcement partners in the Gilgo Task Force uh, to announce uh, the indictment of Defendant Rex Andrew Hearman, 59 years of age, Uh, He's been arrested by the Suffolk County uh, Police Department's homicide detectives, and he's been indicted uh, in a grand jury uh, presentation by the the Suffolk County District Attorney's Office uh, for the murders of Melissa Bartholomew, Megan
1: Waterman, and Amber Costello. And here is also Governor Kathy Hochul explaining that this is something that the world has been waiting for.
3: But this is a day that is a long time in coming and hopefully a day that will bring peace to this community and to the families, peace that has been long overdue.
1: But there are a lot of people who are saying, wait a minute, how come it took them so long to solve this case? They actually connected the DNA that was tied to the hair. Then they were able to pinpoint it to the family, because remember, there were some that were tied to the wife. And there were some that were tied to him. Then they had the DNA sample and they were actually able. This is amazing. They said, "Okay, it looks like we're zeroing in on this family. Then they were following and kind of tailing them. They see that there's this big guy who's 6'4", Caucasian, dark hair, fits a description that somebody had. Then they see a car, a Chevy Avalanche car, first generation apparently of that And that's what one of the other victims said they saw that was at the scene. And he just happened to have that car at that time. So they go, wait a minute. Okay. There's a lot of pieces that fit together. They also said that there were burner phones. This is what like drug dealers use. You know, they're when they're trying to hide things and they're trying to do a drug deal or a gang. A lot of them use these burner phones. They're like the temporary phones that you buy and then you throw away. That way, nobody can check and see who called, where it came from. They don't recognize the number. They were able to connect, figure it out. Okay, here's the burner phones. Where was the person who was using the burner phone? Turns out some of them were in the area near where he lived. Some of them were in the area where he worked right around those times. So there's a lot of stuff there that really pins and puts this together. So you wonder, what took them so long prior to this new DA to come on board? Because it looks like prior to this new DA who clearly jumpstarted the case and deserves a lot of kudos, what was going on for like the decade before that, where clearly all this evidence was out there? This is not new evidence. Some of the DNA is new in terms of developments and technology. There's certainly better technology, but some of these phones and some of these other things were out there before. So there's a lot of questions tonight, and I want to hear your thoughts. If you wonder, Why was this delayed or why was it just not really focused on? Were they just not really doing their jobs for years upon years? There was clearly a trail of all these people that were killed and the bodies discovered in Gilgo Beach in Long Island. So what were they waiting for? Why were they kind of sitting on it and not really pinpointing the things. It's not like there was some new break in the case, like a new witness who came forward. Sometimes that happens years later and you go, okay, what was the big break? No, it just seems like the new DA said, let's jumpstart this case. Let's coordinate with all these agencies and let's go back to the drawing board and say, okay, we got this piece of evidence. We got this one, but there wasn't new evidence. He just finally had a concerted effort and a concerted focus. So you can bet Given the profile of this case, and when I was out there covering the story, there was so much media. This was an enormous story, as it is today. Everyone's covering it wall-to-wall. So they absolutely could have gotten all the resources they wanted, federal, local, whatever they wanted. So who muffed it up? Because clearly there was 10 years there where nothing was really being done. And that is a travesty tonight, I think, to the families and to still the ones who are waiting to get solutions to this case. Hopefully they see a glimmer of hope that this guy is behind bars. I bet you he's going to fight it tooth and nail, too. There is no question, because he's already said not guilty on all counts. So let's see. He's going to probably go after, remember the OJ case. They went after the evidence. Since a lot of this is DNA, he's going to say, if I'm the defense attorney for him, well, we're, how do you know that after 10 years that the chain of custody with the evidence that the hair really was this or that it was really that or that it wasn't another family member or that it wasn't, you can see where this is going. And apparently he has decent amount of resources. He's an architect. He also has an office in Manhattan. So, I mean, this is going to be an interesting case, but it looks like they have such Unbelievably strong evidence. What is your thought, everybody? 1-800-848-9222. one 800 heres today. Here's one of the attorneys for one of the victims. And this is John Ray. And he represents Jasmine Robinson. She is the cousin of Jessica Taylor. Jessica Taylor was 20 years old when her remains were found in 2011, and she had been missing for a while before that. Now, remember, a lot of the women were escorts on Craigslist. They posted themselves on Craigslist to make some money for escort services. And there was word at first that maybe because they were escorts that maybe the police didn't feel like it was really worthy of the, I don't know. I mean, there's a lot of rumors out there. I would hope that that's not the case. Obviously, and many of them, they're still sisters and daughters and mothers, and many of them doing two jobs, you know, one as an escort, one having another job to make money. Certainly, none of that should taint the discovery of the evidence and also discount any of the testimonies of those who escaped this guy. And there was one person, as I mentioned, who could barely see the person, but out of the corner of their eye, they saw this big person with dark hair. And again, another one saw the chevy avalanche car so all these things being put together and again he's got a chevy avalanche car and he's six four um and so there's so many questions tonight but here is the victim's attorney this is again john ray who represents the cousin he works with her and some other family members who lost loved ones and it was interesting first off of course the emotion and obviously um the relief that someone has now been caught take a listen
0: we breathe a great sigh of relief myself after being on this case for 12 years and investigating this case relentlessly and as well the victim's families
1: and then he said this this is what's piquing a lot of people's interest today
0: i have no doubt but that uh we will find that this man if he is the killer will have killed other people that that are not yet even known
1: he believes that there will be others out there, that there are probably many other cases out there, essentially, that have yet to be discovered. And there are other people out there saying today that maybe there are other people that were working, that it wasn't just one person who may be responsible for these crimes. What are your thoughts, everybody? one 800 one And we'll take your calls when we come back.
0: It's the Rita Cosby Show.
1: we are talking about the fact that this guy has been busted for some of the most horrific crimes in modern times. And when you hear about some of the stories of these women, it is just heartbreaking. By the way, among the victims uh, that were found on Gilgo Beach is also a young baby and also a man. Uh, They're not sure if that's related or not. Uh, It may have been just another killing someone else, or maybe it was someone who was around or trying to stop uh, another killing. We don't know. Happened to be there at the time or happened to see something or who knows what is tied to all of that. The baby, maybe they don't know whose child it is. There's so many questions right now tonight, but what we do know is that this guy, by the way, apparently was crying like a baby. And if indeed He is the killer. Everybody deserves their day in court, but it sure looks like they got him with some very strong evidence. He was in tears after his arrest and apparently was surprised that he got caught, which is sort of typical for a lot of these sort of mastermind killers, always thinking that they are smarter than the next. And if indeed he is the killer for him crying, I have zero sympathy. I mean, you know, are you kidding me? This guy is a monster. And take a listen to a little bit of the evidence that the D.A. of Suffolk County, Ray Tierney, also talked about. And some of the things that he did that sort of led them to think that this is this guy and he has a proclivity towards certain things.
2: He was searching, compulsively searching pictures of the victims. But not only pictures of the victims, pictures of their uh, their uh, relatives, their their. Their sisters, uh, their children, uh, and he was trying to locate those individuals. Uh, in addition to that, there was a, a lot of uh, torture, uh, porn, and and uh, um, what you would consider, uh, you know, uh, um, depictions of women uh, being abused, uh, being raped, and being killed.
1: Unbelievable! I mean, what a disgusting, pathetic monster! And if this guy. Uh, is the one. And again, the evidence looks really overwhelming. As someone who's covered a lot of cases, this looks really overwhelming. Uh, You know, life in prison is too good for somebody like that. I mean, this is just unbelievable. Um, Here, by the way, uh, we also know, it's interesting that he talked about the victim's families getting, you know, searches by this guy. Because one of the victim's sisters actually received a call. Can you imagine this? After the sister was killed, uh, the victim's sister received a call, like a prank call, kind of taunting her and making fun of the whole thing. Can you imagine how sick it is? And they always believed it was the killer who did it. And now it turns out that this guy was searching the family member, searching this, searching that. That's odd for a guy who's supposed to be in architecture. Let's see what kind of defense this guy creates. 1-800-848-9222. Uh, let us go to Kurt, line five. Kurt, real quick, your thoughts. Hi,
0: I read
1: it. Listen, you, I think Hey, the Kurt, way. Hey Kurt, do us a favor. You're breaking up a little bit. Call us back if you could, um, just because you're breaking up, and we'll give you some more time right after the break. And, everybody, we will start with your calls. I want to hear your thoughts on this. Obviously, it sounds like they got the right guy. What do you think his defense is going to be, and do you think he's the only one? And what took them so long to solve this?
0: It's the Rita Cosby Show. The Rita Cosby Show presents Back the Blue.
1: And in tonight's Back the Blue segment, a really powerful story coming from New York, where the young widow of NYPD detective Jason Rivera, who was just 22 years old when he was fatally gunned down with his partner, Wilbert Mora, in harlem in january last year well the widow revealed she recently gave birth to his baby son she posted a picture on instagram this week uh dominic rivera and she wrote a baby fills a place in your heart you never knew was empty meet my little prince wesley well the couple had only been married just three months when detective rivera was shot and killed And on the night that he died, doctors at Harlem Hospital were able to actually harvest his sperm. That's a process that was also performed in 2014 after NYPD newlywed Wenjin Liu was assassinated with his partner in Brooklyn. Liu's wife, by the way, gave birth to her baby girl, Angelina, two and a half years later in 2017. Jason Rivera and his partner, Wilbert Mora, were ambushed by a gunman who swung open a bedroom door after the two officers responded to a domestic dispute, a 911 call involving the man's mother. And how beautiful that little Wesley was born, the son of Jason Rivera, a true American hero. And what a powerful and beautiful, beautiful story and beautiful legacy uh, to live on. I love sharing these stories. And I remember I went to uh, Wilbert Mora's funeral. And I was standing there with all the law enforcement and, of course, some of the family, of course, from Jason Rivera were there at that funeral as well. And it was just so unbelievably moving and gripping just to see this sea of blue and just to see the love and support of the world coming out to support him. It was just and their families. It was just unbelievable. It was So, so beautiful. And to see this news now tonight brings a tear to my eye. Well, we are talking about the case of the Gilgo Beach murders. And they believe there may be as many anywhere from 12 to 18. There might even be more. And I would venture to say that this guy, you don't suddenly start killing somebody. Usually there is a history. Usually somebody starts with smaller crimes and then it goes up to more serious crimes and then to other crimes. And as a result of all of that, uh, I believe that there's probably going to be a lot more cases that are tied to all of this because you would venture that it's not like he just suddenly started doing this. And if indeed that they got their guy and he's in his late fifties, well then you would imagine that there may be other cases. They, I would hope right now that they're tracing other locations where he went on vacation. You would hope if he lived somewhere else, other cases along the way, we do know that he lives 17 miles from that stretch of beach where most of the bodies were found. And to me, I think this evidence is really damning. They got the burner phones. They have the emails that we talked about. They have the hairs. That was DNA that they were able to connect. They got the Google searches that we talked about where he was searching the families and searching the case a lot. He's an architect. What are you doing doing all that weird stuff? Checking family members, too. That's odd. Also, really like sick stuff like torturing and all these other sick things that he was searching. It clearly shows that he is a disturbed individual. And it's unbelievable, because if you look on the outside, he's a father. And apparently, at least in one case, his wife was out of town. She was traveling to Iceland. And you can bet right now they're trying to figure out on all these other murders, was the wife out of town on those two as well? Is there a pattern of everybody else kind of being out of the house so he's able to commit these things and come back and wash up or do whatever he was doing? He was apparently searching for these women on Craigslist because they were putting their services up as escorts um, and listing themselves on Craigslist to make extra money. And so that's where he was locating them and going. it. But he was leading this whole secret life. He was living in Massapequa Park, Long Island. Apparently, his house, if you look at his house, it did stand out a little bit. So that's why one thing, you kind of go, wait a minute, all right. Um He's living in a nice area, but then goes to New York City to work. But if you look at the house... The house is like, it looks almost like a little bit of a broken down shack. And that area is a nice area. So the house really did kind of stand out that this wasn't a guy. Sometimes these people, and I've interviewed a number of serial killers in my life on stories that I have done. Um, I've interviewed some of the most notorious ones. I inter- did a very famous interview with Son of Sam, who also terrorized New York. And I've interviewed a number of these. And sometimes they're very meticulous at what they do and very precise. And usually an architect is very precise. But what's interesting is his house surprised me because the house, if you look at the pictures, and it's all over online tonight, his house was kind of like a little bit of a shack. And it looked like a little bit like downtrodden and sort of stood out, very much so compared to the other houses in the neighborhood. It did look a little odd. And now we're hearing from people that knew this guy. Some of them are saying they're not surprised. I mean, some of them are saying they are because they said he was a nice guy. Uh, whatever. Others are saying he was always talking and he was weird. And there was something really odd and strange about him. So it would be interesting to see what were the other warning signs. Were there other things? Was he doing weird things? Was he up in his shed late at night Ah, uh, when his wife was out of town? Did they notice anything odd? It's interesting that they got the car, too. That's the other thing. The Chevy Avalanche, one of the uh, potential victims who got away, said she saw what looked like, uh, like a first model of the Chevy Avalanche. Guess what? This guy owned the first model at that time, now has another Chevy Avalanche, according to reports. So it's a lot of evidence that you can kind of put together, and especially if you look at all this DNA stuff, that seems extremely significant. And then they checked the DNA on a hair that they actually compared. They followed the guy starting in March 2022. He throws out. They follow him at his work. He obviously doesn't know that he's being followed. Apparently, he was totally surprised when he got busted. And apparently, he throws out a pizza. He's eating pizza. And he throws out a couple slices of pizza that he doesn't eat. They grab the pizza from the garbage can and it has DNA on it because his hands are on it because he's touching the pizza in the box. So they got the DNA off the pizza, literally off the part of the pizza where he was touching on it and also on the box, and apparently were able to connect that with the DNA on the hair. That is like unbelievable police work. And apparently he had no idea and was totally surprised when he got busted last night at his office and apparently also at the same time Today in court, from those who were in court, said he was crying and was crying when he found out the news. Well, you know what? If he did it, uh, you know, he's going to be crying for a long time. That's all I can say. 1-800-848-9222. 1-800-848-9222. Let's go to Al. Uh, Line two, your thoughts about this case, Al. It is unbelievable and bravo to, of course, the Suffolk County uh, DA and his team because they did an amazing work.
4: Yeah, hi, Rita. Yeah, Rita, you know, I just wanted to touch on uh, more about the DNA, but I wanted to say what well, your initial uh, question was, uh, why did it take so long? I'm not sure if this had anything to do with it, but I know uh, not about 10 years ago, the Suffolk County District Attorney uh, had to uh, leave his position because – I believe he was indicted for a crime with the police chief.
1: Yes, but so maybe- yes, yes. There, there, there. By the way, we don't know if it's connected, but there was a lot of questions about, um, you know, uh, improprieties, obviously, and questions that they weren't pursuing certain people, weren't pursuing certain leads. You hit it on the head. What do you think? There's something connected there, Al.
4: No, I just thought maybe that might have uh, made the time, you know, them focus in more on suspects and everything because uh, of the change with the uh, district attorney. But I wanted to say, uh, in regards to this person getting caught, uh, you know, the detectives, detectives in Suffolk County, uh, probably he drew attention to to them. They must have, you know, they been, they probably have been watching him. Oh yeah, and. You know, the DNA did him in. Uh, that's what happens now. Even in in the uh, Seattle area for almost 20 years, there was this uh, serial killer named Gary Ridgway. Yep. And he was, uh, you know, he murdered a lot of girls and all. And he got caught also because uh, of the DNA. So the technology today will really get you. And that's uh, the guy today was probably crying. Of course, he's upset because, I mean, he had the American dream. He probably lived in a nice suburb of Long Island, Nashville County, uh, and now he ruined it for his family.
1: Well, you know what? Uh, Guess what? His life definitely deserves to be ruined uh, based on if indeed he is the guy. And it certainly sounds like they got a lot of uh, really powerful evidence um, tying him. And the other thing, too, is a big guy. Um, And you look at some of the victims, they look like small women. Um, And, you know, it just, and Dr. Bodden who is uh, the top forensic pathologist, Al, in the world. He did even some stuff tied to JFK. He's an old friend of mine. I've interviewed him so many times through the years. Dr. Bodden was involved in the case, and he said in some of them, um, he believed that the hyoid bone was broken. And the hyoid bone is the bone around your neck, which means basically that he believes that there was evidence of strangulation. that And it might have been somebody who was a big person able to do that. And again, he's a big guy. Um, but all these pieces put together. Um, and like you said, the the crying today, you know, it, it's like, uh, you know, it, I've seen so many of these cases where they, you know, people obviously who have these split personalities who on one hand, you know, mild, you know, walk going around or whatever. Um, and here he's living this completely other double life. That's what's amazing. Al, what are your thoughts about that? Because he's married. He's got two kids. Um, I would imagine I, you know, you don't know, but I would imagine the family probably had no idea. Uh, maybe they did. I don't know. I mean, who knows, you know, but, yeah,
4: you know, exactly. You see so many of these serial killers living a double lives uh, in Wichita, Kansas, for many years. Uh, he he got caught because he sent a letter or, initiate, or initiated a call from the Lutheran church, which he belonged to. And for a span of 20 years, he murdered a lot of uh,
1: B.T.K. B.T.K. Yes. 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 I I, Dennis Rader. I I covered that case.
4: Yeah. And Son of Sam was up here from Yonkers. He was a postman. Yep. So, yeah. But
1: I interviewed Son of Sam, Al. When I was at Fox News, I did a very famous interview with Son of Sam. I, I interviewed him in prison. Face-to-face wow. in prison, El, So
4: Yeah, and, you know, I remember that summer of 77 when I was a kid. I'll never forget that summer when they, they called him near my house. Wow. And a couple of years later when he was in jail, as you remember, uh, somebody tried to, uh, somebody attacked him and almost, you know, took his life.
1: Yeah, no, absolutely. And, by the way, uh, just like you said, I mean, you know, there's uh, there, there hierarchy in prison. I'm sure that this guy will be. Uh, Kept in protective custody. And and I hope, by the way, I also hope um, that he shares what other information he knows. If he was involved in all these killings and if there's others, I hope he actually does uh, at least something right here and tells the other, you know, the authorities of other cases, um, because I bet you it's not just these cases. I bet you there's a lot more. And I bet you not. He's only charged now with three cases, but. If the MO, it seems like there's very similar pattern. There's probably more cases even in this area and also maybe in other places that he traveled to. And I hope that they get more information out of him if indeed they have the right guy. And it sounds like uh, they've got some really strong evidence. Al, thank you very much. You're terrific. Thank you. Um, Let's go to Pete. Line five. Pete, your thoughts, my friend.
3: Hi, Rita. I'm so glad today there might be some closure for those families. Me too. Those girls were daughters, they were uh, sisters, they had brothers, they were human beings. No matter what they did for a living, you can't hold it against them. I mean, really, it wasn't their fault, and, you know, they're victims, and that's how we have to understand us. I just hope they stay that they have a lot of evidence on the three cases, because if they find one case that he is innocent of, and they prosecute him for four or three— he could walk because that could be if they, you know, if they put them all together and this guy can't walk. This is a nightmare, this man, what he did to human beings.
1: Absolutely. And by the and way, the you uh, know, Pete, I think that's why they only did three, um, because I think they suspect, I would imagine, because um, the there is a pattern clearly here of where the bodies were found and all these other things. But I think they probably feel they got a pretty lock solid case on three. And that 's why they started low, if you will, you know uh sadly, you know three people, and that I think eventually they 'll try to piece other cases now they have them, um and they 'll try to piece all these other cases to them because you don 't want to do exactly what you said. you were exactly right, Pete you don 't want to suddenly th- charge them with ten. And seven of the cases fall apart because then it reflects on the other That's three. Right. You want to start with the lowest number. And oftentimes you'll see in cases, Pete, and I've covered a lot of crime cases through the years, where sometimes they'll get somebody for, you know, uh you know, uh, something, you know, a, a robbery, even though they believe he's charged with murder eventually just to get that person behind bars. And in this case, obviously, three murders is horrific enough. But I think they probably suspect that it could go much, much higher. But let's at least get him behind bars. let us he, he was denied bail. So he, thank goodness. Uh, so he's behind bars um, right now. Um, he said he's not guilty. So he's going to try to fight this. He's going to try to get bail. I can't see anybody, even in crazy New York, uh, letting this guy out in any shape or form. He will stay I'm sure behind bars. And then they have now time to piece this together. Now they got DNA. Now they got other things. And maybe now they can hopefully piece some of these others together so other families can get the kind of closure you're talking about. Pete, thank you very, very much, my friend. We're going to continue with your calls, everybody, uh, on this powerful case. What do you think broke the case? And what do you think of the strategy as we're just talking about? They got Three. I believe they have a lot more. Do you believe they have their man? What did you think was the most compelling piece of evidence? And also, you heard from Al. Al brought up a really powerful point there. Al from Yonkers, who called in, who said that the prior DA, remember, he was behind bars. Uh, I mean, he was arrested. So there's a history there of issues. And some people suspect that a lot of this was covered up. So we're going to talk about that and a lot more.
0: It's the Rita Cosby Show. When I wake up, well, I know I'm going
5: to be, I'm going to be the man who wakes up next to you. When I go
1: out, yeah, I know I'm going to be, I'm going to be the man who goes along with you. And you are listening to the Rita Cosby Show, and we are talking about the big, big break in the case of the Gilgo Beach killings. Uh This guy, who is a father, uh, has two kids, has a wife, and apparently was leading a whole separate life. And now law enforcement believe they have their man who's responsible for at least three killings and possibly as many as more than a dozen and who knows how many more. What are your thoughts about the big break? What do you think broke the case? Did you see the guy? He's this huge, big guy. Um, and uh, they're kind of describing him as an ogre-looking guy uh, on the New York Post. By the way, another thing, our uh, great newsman Bob Brown was also showing me that um, the New York Post is reporting that this guy, Rex Hewerman's younger brother, uh, killed a New York City Housing Authority police captain in a drunken and coked-up crash. On the Southern State Parkway in 1988, that's according to the New York Post, when he was 22. Um, It was a car crash, but it's interesting that there's a history of something going on in the family. Maybe there needs to be something looked into here. Who knows? Um, Just some interesting layers to this case. 1-800-848-9222. Let's go to Joe, line one. Joe, your thoughts.
5: Really, my love, uh, on homage to your mother's home country, Indeed, there is something rotten in the state of Denmark. Indeed, there is something rotten in the county of Suffolk. According to the scuttlebutt, the local and the, uh, the county police and the local police, they wouldn't cooperate with the state police or the FBI, and the, the innocent people suffered. Also, I lived in Dance, Weekly Heights, briefly, more than a few years ago, around this time when the murder started. And let me tell you something, Rita, there are prostitutes up and down straight path there was nothing straight about straight path highway and the local and this and the county police did not lock them up some of the women may have be ended up victims another thing is when i arrived at the new place there was a three race teenage race riot hey on the joe joe d-
1: joe do me a favor hang tight and we'll continue with you in the next hour more on the rita cosby show everybody
0: it's the rita cosby show
1: And later on in this hour on the Rita Cosby show, well, it is expected to be like a bombshell next week on Capitol Hill. Uh, They're going to hear from the two IRS whistleblowers. And we're going to talk about that later on in the hour. One of them we know, it's Gary Shapley. That's the guy who has come forward and said that there was a lot of funny business in the investigation of Hunter Biden in his taxes and other issues. And then there's this other guy who goes by the name of Whistleblower X. He has never come forward and he works with Gary Shapley. He's corroborated a lot of stuff he said and has some other information And he's expected to come forward with his name and his face and also Gary Shapley. And they're going to sit there next week in Congress. We will be able to see it. It's supposed to be televised. And they will say what they know. They will say their names and they will take the oath that it is penalty of perjury if they lie. So let's see what they have to say. Let's see how credible they are. Often, a lot of times you can look at somebody, you can hear their background, you can hear their criteria. And this is exposed to expected to be bombshell testimony that is expected to come from both of these guys and others that apparently is really going to rock the Biden White House. Because these are not just anybody. These are not like Joe blows. I mean, these guys are credible guys. Gary Shapley uh, has worked for the IRS for 13 years. He's a senior supervisor. And the other guy works with him. So maybe he can corroborate some of the things that Gary Shapley said in terms of other people overhearing uh that the guy didn't have full authority to do the full investigation, that there was a tip off on searches. I mean, a lot of really inappropriate stuff. Are there documents? Apparently, there are to back up what they said. Apparently, there's some emails. Let's see it all. And apparently, James Comer also says that he has some bank records that are going to be very, very powerful. So this could be a huge week in the Hunter Biden, Joe Biden investigation. We're going to take your calls later on in the hour about that. Here is Congresswoman Nancy Mace of South Carolina. She talked with me and the great John Katsimatidis earlier tonight on Katz and Cosby. And this is how she said next week is going to go. This is a biggie. Well, I think
6: it has the potential to be explosive. And we just learned there were another, was another story about Romanian payoffs Um during uh, biden's vice presidency this week and i've got my reading uh, to do this weekend to prepare for the oversight hearing and what i want you know congress no one in the country trusts congress i think our approval rating is like 13 percent. and so don't take my word for it watch the hearing listen to the hearing listen to the whistleblowers and listen to the evidence that they bring forth don't trust us trust them because there is a lot of evidence that we are putting forth and i hope that the american people get to see every page of it, because it's damning. This is going to be the most corrupt president in U.S. history based on what I, the limited information I've seen so far, and there's a lot more out there.
1: Wow. This is going to show the most corrupt president in American history, says Congresswoman Nancy Mace. And she's usually very measured. Uh, so when she said that to me and John earlier today, I was like, wow, that is heavy stuff. So they are expecting incredible fireworks coming next week on Capitol Hill. We're going to take your calls later on in the hour about that. We're talking now also about the Gilgo Beach murders. This is the Long Island case uh, that has been hanging over the country for years as the country has been gripped and trying to get some resolution for these families. And now they have at least this guy behind bars. And if you see him, he's a big, huge guy. When they walked him today, the sort of so called perp walk, I was like, whoa, because you could see Harry he was standing next to all these law enforcement guys and he was towering over them. He is six four. He's a huge, big, big guy. And he was said to be crying like a baby when he got caught and when he was also in court. Um, which, you know, crocodile tears as far as I am concerned. Um And also, as they're hearing the details, how they caught this guy, it's really incredible. Uh The Google searches, the Chevy truck, the burner phones, all of these different things pairing together. And first off, here are the phones. The burner phones are these like disposable phones that gang people use and drug dealers use because they don't want to get traced. You know, hey, Bob, I'm uh, dropping off the gram at the White House, by the way, <laughs> based on the track record we've seen there of late but I'm dropping off the the gram over here. I'm doing this. I'm doing that. Uh, the feds are watching me, so I'm not using my regular phone. That's usually what it is. Uh, and for some reason, this guy they say was using all these burner phones and they traced it back to him and they traced the burner phones being used to call the women's on Craigslist to set up, the escort dates and those were the victims remember so it all makes sense he didn't want his wife to know or didn't want law enforcement to know to be able to have those calls trace so listen to first off this is the da the great da of suffolk county ray tierney uh talking about the burner phones
2: one thing that became immediately apparent uh was at the time of the uh, each of the murders uh the murderer the the defendant human uh, he got a a uh, he got a, a cell phone uh, and a burner phone, which uh, which is prepaid and anonymous. And for each of the murders, he got an individual burner phone and he used that to communicate with the victims. Uh, then shortly after uh, the death of the victims, uh, he then would uh, would get rid of the burner phone.
1: And then there was the car. There was the size of the guy and the type of the car. Take a listen. That
2: individual was identified as, as a person who was between 6'4 and 6'6, six, six, uh, a, a large man, thickly built, not necessarily overly muscular, but just a naturally uh, big person with glasses, white, uh, and, and dark hair. Uh, also of significance was um, that the fact that he was driving a dark-colored or black uh, av- uh, uh, first- Uh, A first-generation Chevrolet Avalanche with a a very uh, unique feature that was between the—it's a pickup truck, so it was between the cab and the bed. Uh, And that was identified.
1: The victims who got away said that's what the guy looked like, that's what the vehicle that we saw in the area was, and it turns out that's how that guy looks. And it also turns out that's the exact kind of car uh, that he was driving and now has a new model of it, which they hauled away today. They were at his house today in Massapequa Park, and they hauled away a Chevy Avalanche. So really interesting stuff. Here also, by the way, is information on the forensics. Take a listen.
2: Even though there, there was a significant amount of time that elapsed with regard to uh, before the the the, uh, the victims were recovered, there was some uh, some significant evidence recovered. Uh, specifically, there was a uh, um, hair recovered from Maureen uh, Brainerd Barnes from a belt buckle that was around her legs. Uh, there, uh, with regard to Megan Waterman, uh, there were three hairs recovered um, f- uh, from, from her, uh, one uh, from around her head area, one from around her, her, her leg area in the burlap, and then there was one caught in between the tape. Uh, And uh, that was recovered. Uh, Amber Costello also had a hair, a significant hair that was recovered.
1: And they finally were able to check with new technology to pinpoint it with that and all this other stuff. Then they got that pizza that I was talking about uh, where they basically had followed the guy. They pinpointed it basically to him or his family, because that's the way DNA works, kind of like in the family familiar. Maybe it's him. Maybe it's a son, daughter, wife, somebody. So they zeroed in on him and other family members, maybe even cousins or others or brothers or things like that, followed him, said, oh, wow, that description fits what somebody said. Oh, wow. He drives a car like that. Then they were tailing him unbeknownst to him, he has a pizza. He throws out the pizza and they get DNA samples on the pizza crust and on the box. That is an amazing piece of police work and bravo 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 one eight hundred eight four eight nine two two two. 848 9222 um let's go to joe again on line one go ahead joe oh uh, go ahead we've got john now but go ahead john actually i think it's joe hello, still go ahead. hello it's still joe go ahead you?
5: all right this crappy phone from the va anyway long story short i was briefly in a wine dance Wheatley Heights, and there were and it was a mess the three uh the bottom line is the local police, there's a lot of corruption. And the DA, you said, the former DA was a bum, he's in jail, rot. And the top cop, the former top cop, was trying to frame a guy with some sex toys or something. you know. And that's why, thank God, these two new guys, Harrison and, and uh, Tierney, they worked with federal, state and federal, with the, the state and with the FBI. Also, if this is true, and this guy is proven beyond the shadow of a doubt, He should get the death penalty. The Fed should step in. Because why should we be supporting him for the next forty years? Food, drink, clothing, what American veterans out in that rain today, God help them, denied those very things. And here's more good news for decent people, Laura Biding. Thirteen gangsters in the New York area shaking down unions were all sentenced to six years plus.
1: Bravo, Bravo. That is great news, Joe. Um, And thank you, too, for always fighting the good fight. And you brought up some great points, Joe, when you just talked about what was going on. There was a lot of funny business kind of going on prior to this uh, within some of the law enforcement agencies. Like you said, they didn't want to cooperate with each other. Uh, There were some that were thrown behind bars. I mean, there's a lot of questions here. Um, And in fact, uh, we asked earlier tonight, Nancy Grace, of course, the great Fox Nation host, uh, great criminal host, Um, You know, expert on crime, great victims advocate. Um, And this is what she had to say when we asked her about it. Take a listen. This is cut 18. And this is Nancy Grace.
7: I've heard so many stories about this guy, uh, somebody, not this particular guy, but somebody was being protected. The former DA of Suffolk County that went to jail uh, was possibly protecting him or some other politicians that he was... Uh, was protecting him. Have you heard any of those stories?
6: Yes, I've heard them. I've heard every single one of them. I've investigated some of them. The fact that there was some type of misconduct among the police is entirely possible. Um, however, today I'm focusing on this guy as the killer. But you're right because the incoming VA was dumbfounded why an arrest had never been made in the Gilgo Beach killing. And I wondered that, too, with all the evidence. I knew about the prank call years ago to one of the victim's sister. And I, I was just very confused about how that call could not be traced. There seemed to be quite a bit of evidence that had not been marshaled. You know, when you go to trial, you get all your evidence together, and you catalog it, you prioritize it, and then you present it to a jury. It seems as if this was just a big hot mess until this DA came in, marshaled the evidence, and started surveillance on wow. do
7: you think Do you think we're going to get to the bottom of, of those people that were covering it up?
6: Yes, I do. Now that we've got Hewerman, this is telling what, what we will learn. However, if it comes at the cost of a cheap plea deal, I wouldn't do it. I would not plead this out cheap in order to get, some politician that's already gone to jail. No, forget it. No, I want this guy to do the max on every single case. And remember, so far he's only been charged. Right now he's been charged with six counts, three first-degree murder counts, three second-degree murder counts on three of the victims. I'm waiting for them. Uh, I'm, I'm trying to find out if they're going to trace them to the other victims, 11 in all.
1: Isn't that amazing? When we come back, everybody, we're going to take your calls. 1-800-848-9222.
0: It's the Rita Cosby Show.
3: One through a party in the county jail. The prison band was there they began to wave. The band was jumping down 90- the
1: You are listening to The Rita Cosby Show on this monumental day when someone has finally been arrested for the Gilgo Beach murders. And he's an architect who was sort of living, I guess, a fairly, you know, normal life, if you see. He worked in New York City. He was busted at his office last night. And even a number of family members who lost loved ones whose bodies are among the dozen or so that had been discovered in this, like, small stretch of area in Long Island, well, they were surprised. They had no idea. They'd never heard the guy's name. They didn't know anything about it. So it came out of the blue to them. one 800 let us go to BJ on line 7. BJ, your thoughts about this case? And thank goodness uh, somebody is being, you know, at least tied to this case, and the family members are getting some justice.
8: Yeah, I thanks for having me on, Rita. I, I God bless those cops that doggedly pursued this guy. You know, uh this guy was pure evil, uh plain and simple. Um, you know, the jury isn't out, of course, but you know, I mean, they don't bring cases like this for overdue library books. This guy uh for years, for years did this. He was uh, 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 he was pure evil. There was nothing crazy about him. He uh, had cell phones. He had a whole system, a whole MO of, of evading the police. And if anyone says this isn't the result of human trafficking, I don't know what planet they live on. This is a result of, of the evils brought by the Internet age and uh all of this this pure evil uh, uh this th- these broken hearts uh, uh, not just the people that per- perished but the, the loved ones of these people at least they have some uh, uh, uh solace t- t- this evening they, they they can have some closure But uh, this is – I hate to say this, but this is probably all over the country and all over the world. I know. Creeps like this that uh, operate in the dark, in the shadows, people you sit down next to on the subway or in a church pew that you'd never know. Uh, And it's very disturbing. Um, No,
1: you're right. uh, It's like this whole other life. Um, Absolutely, BJ, 100 percent. And that's what makes it, I think, so chilling. Um, I mean, when you see him, he's a big, huge guy, too. I mean, he's a standout – which which at least a fits the description from from an evidentiary standpoint, it's a pretty distinguishable appearance. So when someone said, Oh, this looks like we're like, remember the guy, the Brian Koberger guy in Idaho, uh the one of the roommates who was not attacked, remember who saw him like out of the door? Said, I saw this guy with big bushy eyebrows. And if you look at Brian Koberger, he's got huge bushy eyebrows. So sometimes he's distinguishing features. And in this case, this guy's so huge. Um, You can't almost miss him, and that may have helped, obviously, seal the case. Um, BJ, thank you. Let's go to Ben, line four. Ben, your thoughts.
4: Uh, Reader, uh, when I first heard about the case, I thought um, uh, he probably killed his wife because, you know, the spouse is normally the... the first person that is assumed,
1: And it was I, I just praise God in the uh, detective work, you, you know, like. Black but, but you know, Matter- you know, the, his, his wife is alive and well, as far as we know. I know. I know.
4: I know that. But, you know, I didn't hear the whole story. So that, that's that's the whole thing. But I just praise God for the good detective work. And, you know, Black, Black Lives Matters and all this these crazy lefties, they say defund the police. If we defend the police, how can they do good detective work like this?
1: Great points. You know, Ben, bravo for saying that because – and that's why, you know, every night on the show I do uh, Back the Blue and I do a Support Our Heroes segment also in this hour where we talk about the veterans. But I I think it is so important to shine a light on our great law enforcement, and, and you hit it on the head. Thank goodness they were so focused and never gave up on this case And there were a lot of people who thought this was, you know, cold case. It's never going to be solved. And clearly, they had their eyes on the prize, led by this DA, Ray Tierney of Suffolk County, New York. Um, And they were dogged. And again, it's sort of old shoe leather, you know, uh, police work, putting together the phones, matching it with cell towers, hair, uh, car, all of that. And you're right. Bravo to law enforcement.
0: It's the Rita Cosby Show. The Rita Cosby Show presents Support Our Heroes.
1: And in tonight's Support Our Heroes segment, which we love doing every night here on the Rita Cosby Show, honoring our great military and their families, a beautiful story from Pueblo, Colorado where it is really incredible that this author, who has probably published more work than almost anybody, his name is Doug Sterner, and he has written well over 100 books. He says, I currently have more than 50,000 pages in print. And he said, I don't think that that can be matched in history. It blows me away. He is a combat veteran also of the Vietnam War. And Sterner's favorite subject is military heroes, who went above and beyond in the service of their country. He's made it his life's work to make sure that heroes get the recognition that they deserve, especially those who earned medals and commendations that they never received. He spends literally up to 16 hours a day on his home computer researching the backstories of these military heroes. Now, he says he has spent the last few decades making sure, especially that unsung heroes, Don't go unnoticed. He said that he hopes that his work will shine a light on them and also inspire others. Now, Sterner was picked uh, as the local Fox affiliate there in Pueblo, Colorado, as the hero of the month for what he does to shine a light on others. He said, quote, I'm humbled. I really don't think of myself as a hero. I write about heroes, so I know heroism pretty well. And I wouldn't define myself that way, but I appreciate it so much. His goal is to write a book about heroes from each and every state in the United States over the next few years. What a beautiful, beautiful story and how beautiful he's putting pen to paper to honor America's greatest. Well, we are talking still about the Gilgo beach murders. This case has been gripping the entire nation. And earlier today, uh, I talked with Nancy Grace on Katzen and Cosby, and this is what she said about this suspect, this father of two who also worked at an architectural firm, seemed to be living a normal life, and clearly had a double life. One of the things that's amazing to me, this guy also lives 17 miles from where the bodies were found he knows the area but he was also kind of hiding in plain sight he was a well known architect talk about he's a father has two kids he
6: is a father he's he's been called an everyday guy um, he's been married for many years this is his second wife um the wife was out of town when some of these murders that were committed a neighbor another neighbor said she wasn't surprised now, I found that a very wow.
1: interesting comment.
6: I he saw that, too. Story. I
1: thought that was really and interesting.
6: It's because he always kept to himself, always kept to himself. Now, in my mind, what springs to mind as a comparison would be BCK Bind, Torture, Kill, Dennis Rader, who had a wife, children, a deacon in his church. They didn't name him Bind, Torture, Kill for nothing. All right? He had a string of victims that he brutalized and murdered, but he blended in. And you know what? People always say, wow, I'm so surprised this guy blended in. But look back at most of the defendants that have gone to jail. I mean, think about it. Chris Watts, killer. Uh, I'm just thinking about Ted Bundy, killer. You go on and on and on. They're not um, dragging one foot behind them with a hunchback and a dark trench coat. Many, many killers, if not the majority,
1: blend in. Yeah, absolutely. Think about it. Absolutely. What a scary, scary thing to know that this evil was living among us. 1-800-848-9222. Let's go to Mike, line six. Uh, Mike, your thoughts about all this? Hey, Mike, you there? Call us back, Mike. uh, If we're losing you, give us a call back. Let's go to Tommy in Nashville on line five. Tommy, your thoughts?
7: All right, Rita. Mike sounds like he fell asleep. Yeah, he might have. Oh, you
1: know what? I'm not sure. We had him on hold for a while, so I can't blame him if that's the case.
7: (laughs) I can't see falling asleep with this, but these psycho killers, a lot of the times they want to get caught because they want to be infamous. Berkowitz, now David Berkowitz was only caught because a woman saw his car get ticketed and she told the cops they had no idea who it was. He also created other evidence too. And I'll also say something that was never has never been said. Why were the teenagers and the the young adults in their 20s still hanging out in cars late at night when they knew a psycho killer was on the loose? I'll never understand that. But getting back now to this guy, uh, the only thing is if these girls were prosti- prosti- uh, prostitutes, uh, what, what happens with prostitutes is that the psycho killer could leave a lot of DNA evidence behind and that's how you start to unravel it. Luckily, you had good detectives there who were persistent. There are a lot of detectives right now listening to the show, and they're on cold cases from 20, 30, 40 years ago. That's how good these guys are, and they pick them up after the guys uh, retire. I-, I won't get into the like the meat and potatoes of what they would do, but the DNA is so, it's so important there. Um, you could go to all the hookers and, and start doing profiles on guys who they meet. And that could be one of the things, but I don't want to give it away. But a lot of these Now, guys, Tommy, are
1: you law enforcement? Are you a law enforcement guy?
7: Uh, I don't want to comment on that, but I'm a guy who is, a, is an amount of intelligence.
1: Okay, yeah. Uh,
7: but, but the bottom line here is um, the, people should know a lot of times these psycho killers, they want to be caught. They want to be infamous. Berkowitz actually was documenting every shooting that took place. They're, they're crazy lunatics and they can't be living next door.
1: Yeah, well, and it doesn't sound like this guy expected to be caught in this case, because they said he was very surprised when they busted him, like surprised that anybody, and obviously they've been following him for a while, uh, at least over a year, it looks like, in different kind of shape or form as they were getting information. Then they got this, uh, the pizza that was a few months ago. So there's a lot of like, uh, it looks like they were trailing him for quite a bit of time because they probably wanted to make sure they had an airtight case, at least on three of them, to get him. Um, but your point's a good one because you're right. And they also, who knows, they, they got a lot of stuff out of his house today. You could see them hauling that Chevy Avalanche. And they were also hauling a freezer. They were hauling a whole bunch of stuff out of his house. Um, so who knows uh, what kind of other pieces of evidence uh, that they got. Tommy, thank you. Very, very much. Let's go to Don uh, on line three. Don, your thoughts. Hi, Rita. How are you? Good, good, good.
3: Yeah, I just have one comment before I get to my point. Um, they nailed, I think, uh, Kohlberger uh, for those, uh, you know, Idaho murders. Yeah. They went to Pennsylvania and they got DNA, I think, from his father's house. It's amazing what they do now. It's it's incredible and they used that as a match and uh that's how they caught him yeah it was but by I the way it was to... something
1: the father threw out there was like something in the garbage can and they were able to get you know they it, since it's come out publicly uh there was something that they got in the garbage can maybe the father like you know something where he would have touched stuff clearly maybe they saw them throwing out trash then they got it that's how they were able to pinpoint isn't that interesting
3: it's amazing um the one thing that I, that puzzles me is um I know that area i don't live far from there near gilgo beach um it's a very it it is very little. There's, there's hardly any place to hide. I don't know how we buried the bodies without being seen. It's a two lane road. You got the beach on one side and then the other side is a little wooded. But you would think it would be like if you took a car there, there'd be tire tracks, there'd be footprints. I'm very, very interested in, in seeing how we got away with that. He did it multiple times. I, I don't understand that. that. That that's a question in my mind. Yeah, so, well, and you know,
1: you know what happened. And I don't know uh, all the sequencing, but I know that there was this woman, one of the um, women who was killed. Her name is Shannon Gilbert, and she apparently called nine one one and said, "This guy, I think somebody's following me." She ended up being killed, um, but she where she called from was in the area that actually led them to find what's now been called the Gilgo Four. It wasn't one of her remains, but it was four other people's remains. By her phone call, it sort of started the the cases to open up. And so we don't know in some of the cases, we don't know how long some of the bodies were there. We don't know, like, just like you said, I've been to that area. And it is kind of like open in some of the places. So maybe it was at night. You know, before all the stuff erupted, a lot of them may have been all around, you know, during that time frame. Um, we don't know sort of at what point, you're right, he put them there. He also knew the area because he didn't live that far from there. So he drove, you know, in that area a lot. So that also gave him an advantage to kind of know the scenarios and know the area, know the place well. Um, but great questions there, Don. Let's go to let's go to Rose, line two. Rose, your thoughts.
9: Good evening, Rena. This is absolutely fascinating. I didn't tune in till this
1: afternoon because I tend to listen to more positive things. But God bless. And by me. the way, I'd, I'd love to report positive things, although I will tell you, Rose, I'm happy today that justice, at least if this guy did it and it looks like they got some strong evidence, I'm happy for the family members that they have at least some sort of sense of resolution. I hope all of them get a resolution soon.
9: Well, it's interesting because I have cousins who are all New York City detectives, and uh, I'm not at all involved in, in police work. But uh, I think the the saddest part about our society is that we have so many unhinged people, whether they're shooting up, you know, grocery stores uh, Walmart, the churches and the synagogues. it's just become such a crazy place. i I'm wondering if there's a way that we can find to make it less attractive for these creeps for lack of a better word. um they, they're going They're looking forward to a life, a social life in prison at great public expense. And I'm saying to myself, why do we have to be so nice to crumbs? And it seems to me, because I've been paying attention to this business about we're going to send more cluster bombs uh, to the you know to the current conflict, we've been working with these cluster bombs and selling them all over the world for a very long time. Wouldn't it be great if we could find a way when somebody is as rotten as this, they don't need to go to jail. They need to go out and
1: clean up the the cluster bombs. If we could get our military. Oh, take- <laughs> Rose, you're hardcore. Wow, wow. But 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 you know what, Rose, your point about um, many prisons, by the way, in America. Uh, are too soft, uh, and I agree with you on that. And I also agree that we also need to make sure that the system that people are afraid uh, to commit crimes, because I think so often um, in a case like this guy, I think he thinks he's smarter than everybody else. Um, a lot of times, these killers, these serial killers, think that they can get away with it, or they're smarter than somebody else, and they're they they know how to hide their tracks. Or the, the Koberger guy is a criminal. Uh, remember he's a, that's what he studied is criminology. So he knew the criminal mind and knew different things to do to cover his tracks. Um, and that's why law enforcement had a bit of a tough time trying to pin it on him. Um, and, and that was a, a fascinating case, you know, and, a, and right now, of course, his trial is going to be coming up soon, but in this particular case, um, I agree when you, when you're talking people need, there needs to be more penalties, um, and I would bet in this case, and, and we don't know the background of this guy because he just got arrested a few hours ago. It was last night, you know, hasn't even been, you know, what it's been 24 hours, but that's it. But we don't know the background, but usually there's some warning signs. I'll be really curious to hear, were there other people who saw violent tendencies in this guy's background? Um, were, was there other minor crimes that maybe he committed or something else? Um, where there big warning signs, blaring warning signs that family members or, or old friends or an old girlfriend saw or something, because usually it's not somebody just goes to this kind of an extreme. That's why I tend to think there's probably other things we need to like, when you see the crazy behavior that you're talking about, there needs to be, uh, people need to be reporting it. People need to step up and also people need to have the fear of God if they get caught. Um there are people who do obviously less severe crimes than something like this, because this is so horrific. But if there are people who do less severe crimes, they need to be I need they need to have the fear of God that if they go to prison it is not going to be a happy time. And it's going to be tough, you know. I like the old rock quarry in the old days where they send you out to the rock quarry for twenty hours a day in the blaring sunlight and you're cracking the rocks and getting water and uh stale bread. You know, that's what I think Uh, prison should be like, especially if you've committed a serious crime. You know, it shouldn't be happy times at the prison and, you you know, you get to uh, read as many books and watch as much TV as you want. You know, I mean, we have to figure out how to change the system, um, especially early on to prevent hopefully something like this. And people have to step up if they see that somebody has a tendency like this, a family member, especially typically they're the ones. It'll be interesting to see what comes out in the next few days and weeks and months about this guy, if there were a, mo- a lot more warning signs, uh, there are a couple of neighbors and people that we saw today who were saying he was really weird. He was odd. So what was it about him? That was weird. What were the warning signs? Uh, we're going to continue with your calls after the break, everybody. And also we're going to talk a little bit about the cocaine real quick at the white house, because now it turns out, guess what? They didn't even interview one single person. According to reports, Not one single person was interviewed. And as we're talking about the Gilgo Beach case, you know, great police work, great detailed work. They were able to pinpoint DNA that was there from 2010 and 2011. They couldn't find any DNA. Surprise, surprise on the bag of cocaine at the White House. And they couldn't find a fingerprint that was left there that was put in a cubby. This is Hogwash. We're going to talk about that and a lot more after the break.
0: It's the Rita Cosby Show.
2: Uh, Just what makes that little old ant think he'll move that rubber tree plant? Anyone knows an ant can't move a rubber tree plant,
0: but
1: he's got high hopes. He's got well, somebody was high at the White House. That's a good analogy because, boy, uh, there was definitely cocaine left at the White House. And apparently there were drugs on two prior instances now that we're finding out. So they've been awfully high. There's been a lot of high hopes, it sounds like. And they just want to, like, brush it under the rug. We're finding out today that they haven't even started interviewing anybody. But they're basically saying case closed. They couldn't find any DNA on that. They couldn't find any fingerprints. They claimed that there were no surveillance videos. This is the most heavily watched building in the world. And the more I hear of this case, and we just talked about the Gilgo Beach murders, where years later they were able to piece DNA and all this like amazing police work. It just shows how sophisticated even years later, on skeletal remains, they were able to put this together. And yet, at the White House, with everything that we got going, within a few hours, they're like, okay, we don't have it. We're going to just move on. And of course, the Democrats seem very happy with that news in particular. Well, here is Congressman James Comer saying that he doesn't buy this story for one minute. By the way, I don't either.
2: Well, one, the Secret Service is lying to us, and they're covering for someone. Or, number two, they're incompetent because this is supposed to be the most secure dwelling in America. And for the Secret Service to admit to the world that not only can they not figure out who dropped off a white powdery substance in one of three locations in the White House that, remember that story's changed three times where the cocaine was actually found, but also that uh, there have been two other instances where illegal drugs were found on the premise in the White House. This is unacceptable. Uh, We spend a lot of money, a lot of tax dollars to make sure that we have the best secret service uh, that money can buy. But yet they can't determine who brings illegal substances into the White House. I think that's that's very disturbing.
1: Yeah, I think it's incredibly disturbing. And Democrats today are like, oh, well, I'm just glad everything went on and let's just move forward. This, to me, makes it even more suspicious because apparently it was in a locker And the key to the locker was locker number 50 they came out with today. Nancy Mace was telling us on the show. And apparently the key to that locker is missing. So you're telling me some tourist who doesn't even go in that area is going to go there, leave cocaine, bring cocaine. Uh, It's not a tourist. It's To me, it's somebody probably pretty senior in the White House or a visitor who's pretty senior to the White House. I mean, this to me is just such a bunch of hogwash And it's just so pathetic because they could have easily put this together. But for some reason, I think the Secret Service is being told, shh, keep this one quiet, please. Let's go to Sherry in Ohio, line two. Sherry, your thoughts. You're here on the Rita Cosby Show. Hi, Rita. I'm calling from Ohio, and I think, this is what I think, that
6: cocaine belongs to Hunter Biden. He has a prescription for cocaine. Because he can't hit the streets and score. Wait, what do you cocaine? mean by a
1: prescription? You can't exactly get one at a drugstore. What do you mean by that? Well, there
6: is a thing, and it's known as pharmaceutical cocaine. It's for laboratories to use, um, and doctors could write a script for this. And well, it's, the- by the way,
1: it sounds like Sherry. He had a whole bunch of stuff, but we're not sure whose this is.